boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. I'm telling you, Chris, the wrestling landscape in Canadian independent wrestling is stronger than ever, and I can prove it on the Total BC Show. As usual, when I say something on this show, I usually end up being proven right within a week or two, and it and it's this way today. Let me tell you, we got Primos, who is somehow drawing more than 200 people. And after talking to, to Graham Keem last week, it was it was interesting. He's, he's got sort of an orthodox approach, like very standard approach to drawing, but he's kind of outside the box the way he does it and his enthusiasm. And like, he's going to train wrestlers, but he openly admits he's not Kurt Angle and he's only going to train the guys to be jobbers, right? That was a, that was a big hit last week. I think the, his, his, what he was saying was he's training them with the basics. And no, the, he it, said they'll, he's training them to become enhancement talent and okay. then they can go to Mentolo and get, so they're not at square one when they get to Mentolo. Right. Ass backwards approach. Let me tell you, I, I, I actually appreciated Graham Keem on here, but ass backwards approach. Cause you know, what'll happen? Mentolo is going to have to go back and correct the mistakes. Yeah. So you don't start them with mistakes, right? But neither, that's neither here nor there. So here's what we got going on right now in central Canada. You got CWE. They just had a great tour of Saskatchewan with Rhino yes. where they, where their numbers are up like hundred and like they went from just about 110 to over 225 in Regina. So that's healthy. That's a, that, they that, doubled their number. That's a good bump. Yeah. And part of that is Rhino is an, a kind of an iconic name. Like everyone knows Rhino. Well, I was just going to ask that. Do you think it's Rhino or do you think it's that people are just in that province perhaps are ready for it after a drought? Well, the problem when those numbers were bad for CWE in Saskatchewan was when the riders were still... Yeah. Playing. So that's when their numbers kind of, kind of went into that valley. Yeah. And now they're kind of coming out strong. It's a very healthy time to be drawing, but in no time it's going to be NHL playoffs. And then you're going to start to see, and then summer. So you're going to see another drop coming in about three months. So here's the thing. You want to talk about growth. CWE did it in Winnipeg. They did it. Their market went up in Regina. Their market's going up. They're not in Alberta right now. They're doing very well in Ontario. Primo's in Winnipeg is doing out, way better than they should be doing, quite honestly. Like, I don't I don't want to be critical of Graham. I liked the interview we did with him, but I don't think Graham Keem is qualified to be a top-notch booker. I don't know if he's got the instincts, but I watched their YouTube stuff that they released to build up the match between uh, Mark Merrick and Davey Boy Smith Jr. against Team Impact, and their YouTube video was as good as you'll see in local independent wrestling. And then there's Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, who this third, Thursday at West End Cultural Center is going to do another sellout. They're sold out already. And what is the, the show's called Cold Out, right? Yes. Yes. So talk about health in the Winnipeg wrestling scene, right? 
Yeah, and you All know, all three since, companies are doing two hundred plus since Primos started back up. I've noticed the, a little bit of influence, I think, from WPW. In my opinion, just with their the materials and the, and the way they're trying to do things, their YouTube videos, <laughs> like their production. Is, you are going to piss people off uh, for saying that. I know. I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean they're no. tr- they're trying to up their game. You mean it in a positive way. Yeah. But I will tell you, beneath the scenes right now, this is a wrestling fan's delight. Let me tell you, when you have three companies all competing for the same dollar, they all have to try harder. And I've said that for a long time. And the thing is, is they're underneath. There's a little hint of conflict between all of them. Yes. Right. And I know because I've heard from all three promoters directly and indirectly. Right. And what I can tell you is that there is a little bit of a pull political energy right now, mm-hmm. but they're all publicly trying to be professional. Yes. And that's when you're going to get the finest. You're going to see, you know, promoters aren't going to be resting on their laurels and they're going to try to put together good product and fans are going to get their money's worth, right? Primo's is charging 15. I believe CWE is charging 21. And I can't remember what Winnipeg Pro charges, but Winnipeg Pro draws the most fans. Yes. They also run the least amount of dates. So that's that's what I've been hearing when people are saying, well, you say Winnipeg Pro is the best. They run the least dates. They have the most time to get to their fans, except they sell out the day after they put their tickets yes. on sale. So obviously their fans are leaving their events satisfied and hungry to get the next ticket. Yeah, it's about selling out the event, not diluting the water. Well, at the same time, Primos talks about potentially going weekly or bi-weekly. Yeah. I think that'd be a good move for them. Really? Yeah. I think that they, because it allows them a competitive edge with talent, right? Hey, listen, we're going to run 26 shows in Winnipeg. Hey, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. We're going to be working towards this. My only thing with that is if Primo's runs bi-weekly, they have to have a top-notch booker. And to your point, I'm not saying this, but this is something you've said. You don't think Graham Keem quite is a top-notch booker. with his He's team. not. So h- how can they do it? They can't. I, I just don't think they can, they can without splitting the fan base that they've already in, got. In that locker room right now, I don't think Mentolo's ever tried his hand at booking. Robbie Royce has been a booker. Uh, there are guys there that can help, for sure. Oh, I don't know about that, though. Robbie Royce, like you said, Mentolo hasn't, but he I think he could. I don't know why he could. I don't know if he's, I don't think if, I don't know if he's ever really wanted to book. It's, like I, I said last week that everyone wants to book because they think booking is fun. ATM probably is, is not booked, but I think he probably could. He's been yeah. he's been around long enough. I wonder why they don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I don't think. You know, see, that's a maybe. So now, yeah, well, pick up the phone and give Mike Davidson a call because he just gave you a firm maybe. Yeah. Well, it was a unlikely maybe, but it's not just in Winnipeg. You know what's amazing? If you look at BC. They're drawing good business. Yes. If you look at Alberta, top talent. My God. They've got Tom Lawler coming in. Like they... Like I want to go to a top talent show. That's how good they are. I I know we're not in the same problem. You're not a guy who's going to get a car for 14 hours. You're going to fly, aren't uh, you? Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not driving 14 hours. I'm not in the Indies anymore. I would drive. Yeah. Um, And our friend Eric Cannon, we had him on. Yes. And Eric Cannon talked about how first wrestling... I think for, like I said last week, if I was, if, if Angel Investor called me, I'd say call Eric Cannon or call Justin with top talent. 
those are the two promoters that are really kicking That surprised out. a lot of people, by the way. That I wouldn't want the angel investor? Yeah, that you didn't put yourself over and say, oh, I'm, I'm the guy for this. I'm the guy who should be getting angel investors I should be running. No, that you got to be smart about it. Like, it's like, it's like when you're single and you want a girlfriend, don't dwell on wanting a girlfriend yeah. and the girlfriend will come. Yes. If you sit there and go, oh, I need a girlfriend. Good luck. <laughs> they can sniff the desperation yeah, in the air. Yeah, women can smell an agenda like shit on a shoe. <laughs> I love talking right now about the health of independent wrestling at the local level or like every local, right? And Dave Quotation weigh in on this because I, I want to know what he's seeing in Saskatchewan because he's kind of our eyes and ears there. Yeah, I'd be interested. And um, Is he in Regina? He, yes, he's in Regina, okay. but he, he thinks nothing of getting in the car and like he, I think he's going to the cloud nine show in Brandon. I'm pretty sure he's been to quite a few of the Yorkton shows too. And he actually remember he gave us a pair of tickets to WPW to give away. That's correct. Because he, he you know, he supports shows in Winnipeg. So I hope cloud nine can go into Brandon and keep this momentum, this tidal wave of, of, of wrestling fan engagement, which is really uh, exciting to me right now. You know, what's amazing is somebody asked me and it didn't come up in the Mary Brown mailbag, but somebody said, you're going to tell me, this is what they said to me. I'm, I'm quoting. You're going to tell me that Mike Davidson hasn't had any itch in the entire 39 weeks. He's been doing total beaches that there's not been one or two or three times where he sat there with a pen and paper and did a budget to do something. And I had to say, Actually, there's been a couple of times. I was going to say, you're going to say no. And I'm going to say, uh, every time I see him, we, every time we pot down the mics, I see a glint in his ah, eye. Ah, Yes. So here's the thing. When all-star wrestling, when Michelle Starr decided he did not want to own all-star wrestling, he posted that it was for sale. And I sent him an email and all-star wrestling's based in BC. Yes. And people might think why in the world would, and it ended up in, in good hands, my, the booker there is Azim. He's a friend of mine and I think he's going to do a great job, but I actually sent an email and was interested in what, what was there? What would I be buying? Right. And the reason is because all-star wrestling is a great name. All-star wrestling has a lineage and a, and a history, a strong one. And you could run BC with the friends that I have there that would, could create the structure between Scotty Mack, who center of, sorry, I still have a bit of a cough from COVID, believe it or not. Center of controversy, Scotty Mack. Unfair in a lot of ways. People have tried to cancel him for an incident. And I, I, we're going to get him on the show. I've been saying this since day one, because I want, he'll talk about what's going on there and what, you know, I think he'll be candid and honest. And I think people have a different opinion of the controversy around Scotty Mack. Google it. Look look for the story, and then we're going to have Scotty come on and tell the real story. Yeah, I, I would like that. To be honest, I don't even know about the... Like, Google it. I, I don't want to Google it. I want him to tell me. No, you should have an opinion before you hear his version. Okay. That's my opinion. All right. Um, but anyway, so I actually was interested in if All-Star was for sale, what it would be, what I would get... And then I could do all-star wrestling in BC with my friend, Darren Metzlar, who could yep. do a lot of my legwork. Scotty Mack, who'd, who'd had experience running a company. He wouldn't obviously be the front guy or the, the top guy or the booker, but he, he knows what he's doing. And if you made Darren Metzlar the lead man, Darren has a great relationship with Vance. I don't know how that would work with me and Vance, but the, but the foundation was there that I could potentially help help. BC is a great market because of all their small cities. They've got I a don't lot know of small cities. This, those cities don't profile well for wrestling. 
They're cut. A lot of them are cut off, though. That's why they don't get a lot of yeah. entertainment into them. Yeah, but so, you could do all star wrestling in BC and all star wrestling in Manitoba, right? See, it's funny. I thought about it for two days, didn't get a response to my email, and then I stopped caring, right? So it wasn't like I was serious. Did you ever get a response? No. Okay, I was going to say I'm curious. What I you, think he what already had. I think he already had a, a buyer in yeah. mind, and then. There was another time where somebody came to me and they said, you have the itch. And I said, no. And they said, what if I said, I'll give you this much money to back a company? And I said, the money you're talking about isn't enough. It really isn't. Thanks, but no thanks. It just, I would barely, I would barely be laying the foundation. How much are, how much are we talking? Let's, let's spill the tea. Okay, because I'm not tea. saying who the guy exactly. would be, so, so I can talk. You, you can spill the tea. The money. It, he thought 25000 uh, yeah, I mean, and there's indie, there's local promoters right now would who kill are, for that. Yeah, exactly. Would kill, and I mean, like if you're going to start up a local indie and, and you really want to start grassroots and you really want to build it from the ground up 25 K you could do it. It would be a struggle. You could do it though. Cause the ri- rings are pretty expensive. Number one. I wouldn't even look at it. And I, and I said, you know, that's not a Mike Davidson type of project. Like uh, that's well, a, that's a, you have a, you have a venue that's going to give you free rent. Well, let's reveal that you've got the itch. How much is a ring worth right now? I have it. I have the itch. Yeah. You, you've obviously looked up a ring price. I'm just, I'm just putting oh, this on you. Oh, you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> a good American ring, 18 foot would yeah. be 9,000 landed in Winnipeg. Yeah. I was going to say 10 K. So yeah, 9,000. Yeah. 9,000. And the value of a 9,000, like, so everyone's like, oh, 16 foot. Like they love their 16 foot rings. Yes, no good. And then they say, oh, we're doing TV. And it's like, okay, you're going to look bad. Yeah. 16 foot rings. ECW did 16 foot. And it's, if you watch the tapes from the late nineties of ECW and compare it to what WCW was doing with luchadors or tag matches and stuff, that's where you see it is when you get to tag matches. Yeah. Because you can almost get a tag everywhere. There should never be a hot tag in a 16 foot ring because if you extend far enough and the partner extends far enough, they should be able to touch hands. So you need an 18-foot ring. You need more room. The referee looks like he's tripping on talent in a 16-foot yeah. ring. Nobody gets it because there's a, a lot of guys have never even wrestled in an 18-foot ring. If they In Winnipeg, if they didn't work for AWE or WFX, they've never worked in an 18-foot ring. Okay, so let's finish that thought. What, or CWE do, what dollar amount would be tantalizing to you? I mean, obviously, a million dollars. But let's just say a normal investment sum came Depends to what my vision was. See, I've never, I haven't given that thought in 13 years. 100K. Do you know a funny story? I'm I just gonna, got 100K. Let's just say. 100K. Oh. You know, I could, yeah, 100K. I, You'd start to think about it. The business plan's already typing in my head already. Uh, all right. I, I'm almost going to pull a Jeff Dick, go to the whiteboard and turn that into a billion dollars. Okay. Uh, that's Omar. I know. Jeff Dick was, ah, <laughs> simple as this. Ah, if you add this and ah, we're going to get 15,000 fans a show. No, that's never been done, Jeff. Ah, but WWE can do it. We can do 1.5 what WWE is doing. No, you can't. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm, I'm just bringing it up because there has been recently something that just got like, I, I've been telling a, a guy that's been listening, Hey, this is what you need to do. And he actually is applying some, some of the ideas. And that's got me like, I don't want to start up. I don't have the time. You look at me right now. I'm dead tired. I'm on caffeine. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper zero sugar because I needed something. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have that. I would need a lot more infrastructure and I just don't have it. 
Now, that being said, if Jeff Dick came to Mike Davidson and said, ah, 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 it's time to start up again, I don't think it would ever happen. And I don't, I don't know if it, it, him and I would never work together again. Let right. me be very honest yes. about that. But it's a thought that's burning in me because I see these guys right now, they're all doing 200 people. They're all working very hard to get that. It's, it's very good. They're getting different 200 people, which is also very good. It's not like they all have the same fans. That used to be the case. There used to be 100 at, at three different shows, but same 100 people. Always, yeah. Very frustrating. So hats off to the promoters of Winnipeg. And I'm staying out of the game. Lucky you guys. Because <laughs> I'd either make the market so big again, or I'd burn the market. Wrestling seems to be hot all over, too. I mean... It's it's extending past indies as well. Sixty two hundred tickets have sold for AEW or AEW. Um, I think it was sixty seven. Was it? No, not? it was sixty two twenty seven. Sixty two seventy two. To be honest with you, I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna be well. You're an idiot. Say it. You're an idiot. But I I, I honestly by now I thought it was gonna be more. Are you kidding? Because no, they, they got to that sixty two hundred pretty quickly. Yeah, they got to six thousand real fast, and they've only do, done two seventy two in January. There's a reason for that. So they announced right before Christmas and they hit 5,000 mm. in the first week. Then they got to six before Christmas. What happens after Christmas? There's the after Christmas the hangover yep. where people aren't dropping 100. Now the people who haven't bought are the people that are going to get inspired to buy in the two to three weeks leading up. Yes. So they have it, the, it configured right now to be a 7,900 person sellout. I think they're going to add to that. But in the two to three weeks leading up to that, you're going to see people buying tickets again. Yeah. It happens anytime you promote. Let me tell you, every time I ever promoted, the best that we ever did was commencement of cool Eddie Guerrero coming to Winnipeg, March 3rd, 2002. And it's coming up on the 21st anniversary of that. And we didn't, we knew the guys were moving tickets, so we knew we were doing good, but the ticket master numbers were abysmal. Winnipeg's a walk up town it's in not, a lot of ways. So. It's not. Trust me, I know from being around the bombers. When I say, hey, Winnipeg's a walk-up town, they, they scoff because they have a ticket group. They have a uh, department that's working on moving the tickets. That, yes. they, know, they know 10 days out what the, what the attendance will be barring some sort of something that spikes them. It's pretty hard to compare that to, to indie wrestling. It's not hard. It's a buying trend in the market. Right, I can tell you the same thing happens at True North with the Jets. I, I, yeah, with the Jets it, again. You're talking professional sports versus you know independent wrestling. It's a so, it's a different bag. So here's what happens with independent wrestling. See, this is a different kind of conversation than we're used to. This we're talking promoter language. Yeah, that's okay. Which our listeners love. Yeah. So here's what I'll tell you. So when you announce your show dates, there's not a big like other than WPW, which is magic. What they do. Whatever yeah. they're doing is amazing. But promoter ABC puts his wrestling show together and he, then immediately he's he's engaging his t- what he knows is his ticket network. Facebook, hey, are you going to come? Yeah, I'll get tickets. When can we connect for tickets? You're hearing that all the time, right? So they know they know what the buzz is based on that. Like that's the 250 model. Like if they can get over 200, they're very happy. They're engaging their market. And if, if most of their market is saying they're buying, they know they're doing real good. Yeah. And then they're trying to create 10 or 20 new fans per show. That's really the way it works. They have a, a base of 100 and 150. They want their talent to push the tickets to new people. And if they can find 10 or 20 new people who come to them and say, hey, I need tickets to this event, that's when they get excited. 
So in the last week of independent wrestling is when they see all the tickets moving. That's when people say, okay, I got the money. I'll buy my tickets. Nobody does it much earlier than that. Um, But AEW is at 6,200 two months out. Trust me, they're not disappointed by this. They had the initial run in the first two weeks. No, it's it's, and it's now, a great house for them. I mean, yeah, they're going to do over seventy five hundred people. They but, might even do. They could even do nine thousand. That's and that's that's the number for me. That's the magic number for me. For some reason, is because SmackDown did nine thousand. Did they? Yeah, I, I was not aware of that. No, I just think that's the magic number. Is to nine ten thousand is where you do realize the Brock Lesnar house show in WWE was seventy three hundred. It's where professional wrestling should be, though. No. professional wrestling with that those names, that kind of production, that kind of reach, that kind of advertising, it should be at 10,000 for every, sh- every, not every show, like a house show, but every television should be at 10,000. Do you know that All Elite does a lot of TVs in front of 4,000? I do. Yeah, so. It doesn't mean it's right. Uh, and it doesn't mean they shouldn't be doing speaking better. Speaking of which, Impact Wrestling. Yes, in how it, about them? In Atlanta. They did the Center Stage Theater where WCW used to do Saturday night. They yeah. did a sellout, which a sellout at Center Stage Theater, if I'm not mistaken, is about 600 people. Still, but, co- still cool. Though. Yeah, they're very excited about that. 600 in Atlanta is a very good number. Yeah. Um, Impact needs to come to Winnipeg because I think that they can do 10, I think they can do 20% of what All Elite does. No, maybe not 20%. 10% probably. 15? Yeah, maybe 10, 15%. Yeah, I yeah. think they can do 1,500 in yeah. Winnipeg. I don't think they want to come to Winnipeg. I've tried. Yeah, 1,000 to 1,500. Well, this is my message to fans. Come out and continue to buy. When the third place Indian, let me rephrase that. When Primo's wrestling, they're not the third place. They're drawing a different audience. They're really focused on the neighborhood, yes. as, as he said. When they're drawing 150 to 200 on Friday night once a month, when Danny's CWE is drawing 200 people, when Winnipeg Pro is drawing 300, 350 people, the market is strong. Keep doing what the fans have to keep supporting. The promoters have to keep doing what they're doing and improve, right? The big leagues are already coming in and, and drawing big money. Yeah. Keep doing what's happening. I'm very happy to see this. I'm, top talent is going to have, I think, what is probably their third sellout. Uh, or thir- I think it's their third show coming up. No, it's, I think it's their fourth show coming up. It'll be their fourth, fourth show because they had yep. Charlie Haas on the second show. Yeah, either way, what they're doing is amazing. It's very impressive. T- love wrestling in Alberta. There, I think they're saying that they're on their fourth or fifth sellout. Uh, NEW and BC Nation Extreme Wrestling. It's very healthy. Something before we wrap First this, wrestling wrap in this part of the chat doing. up, there is something I've noticed since we've started the podcast, and it's something you've sort of harped on: is the talent being on every show. We're not quite seeing that as much anymore. Have you, have you, have you tracked this? Cause I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it now where I'm seeing Primo's kind of has a little bit of their own guys. No. And, and I'm seeing it with WPW's. They bring in a lot of guys, so they kind of have their own flavor and yeah. CWE, CWE and Primo's has a little bit of crossover, okay, but so. they've got their own guys. So CWE's own guys would be right now, James Roth Sam Roth or James Roth? It's James Roth. I'm, you I'm ask me with every you. time. I do that to mess with yeah. you. Yeah, and it uh, works. They have James Roth. They have Chad Daniels, who I think. Well, Chad Daniels is working for Winnipeg Pro. No, the, there's still so much overlap, right? So I just it, think it's better than it was. If you're a ticket buyer, okay, I'm going to preach on this again. How much okay. time do I have? As much as you want, my friend. Okay, so if you're a ticket buyer, right, and let's say you really love seeing Mentolo, 
there's no need to go see this show this week because Mentalo's on it. You know why? Because the anniversary show where Mentalo's wrestling for the heavyweight title is two weeks away. There's nothing. Yes. Nothing. Now, I hate to say this and use Mentalo as the example. He's the best wrestler in, in central Canada. He, But he's not because he's in Winnipeg. He homesteads in Winnipeg. The problem is that if he wrestles three shows a month in Winnipeg, nobody needs to go to all three shows to see him. Yeah. Now, if he would wrestle one show in Winnipeg and then do his Cloud 9 commitment and then go to Alberta and just do one show in Winnipeg, pick the one you want to do it with, they have to go to that show if they want to see Mentolo. That makes Mentolo more valuable. Yes. But he doesn't get it. You know why? Because the thought process is, if I want to make my, how, how I make my living in wrestling is my business. Yeah. If the promoters want to pay me, I will show up and, because that's all I care about. That's ignoring the business end. And I, I, this is such an unpopular thing with the wrestlers when I get on this subject. It's why some guys just, oh, they don't want to come on the show. And by the way, if you're hearing this and you're like, you would like to, t- you know, repost. You can always send us an email, totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Yeah. Get us on Instagram at totalbeeshees. And same thing with Facebook at totalbeeshees. And tell us, hey, I want to come on and refute one of Mike's points. I will. AJ I'll, Sanchez took me to task I'll, on this. I'll bring you, I'll bring any of you on yeah. all day long. And yeah. Mike won't have a say in it. AJ Sanchez took me to task on this. But we're, we're diametrically opposite. Because I think like the promoter who needs to build the business. And he thinks like the, the promoter, talent, like yeah. the wrestler that wants to get four payoffs. Okay. But here's the problem. Nobody needs to go to that show this Friday to see AJ Sanchez. It doesn't matter that he's going to have a five-star classic at this show. Because he, in, they don't know when that's going to happen. If he's only wrestling once in the, in the market in the, in the month, they have to go if they love him. But they're not going to go four times because they love him. Then it just becomes like. Yeah. How do, Jim Cornette always says, how do I miss you if you don't go away? Yes. How can you draw if you're going to wrestle three times in the same town? Yeah, you got to leave the territory too. Now, it's different in a way. I get it. CWE at Rookies is going to draw a Transcona crowd. And Primo's in St. James is going to draw a St. James crowd. I get it to a degree. We're never going to agree on this. And let me be honest with you. Since I stopped promoting 13 years ago, there's not 500 people in the stands. No. There's not 1,000 people in the stands. Now, let me tell you the 1,000 number. And I hate to put myself over to make my point. <laughs> you, Yeah, you really hate it. 2002, <laughs> 1,500, Guerrero Honky Tonk Man and Beefcake. Right. LOD later that summer in a hot July night outdoors. I think we did 1,100, 1,200. I don't know. Andrew, he'll know the number. LOD. Now, the names drew those houses, but the exclusive roster behind it that was bought in and engaged were the ones that marketed that that, and helped draw that house. Then there was nothing in that that realm of 1,000. 2005, I said, I'm going to do larger than life on pay-per-view with Rikishi, Billy Gunn and uh, Jamie Noble and a thousand people again. And that was with a non-exclusive roster. Right. Right. Then we did it again in October. We were a little under a thousand December with Scott Steiner around a thousand. Then in 07 with Jerry Lawler, Billy Gunn unadvertised 900. The venue didn't hold a thousand. We would have. Yeah. Trust me. I stopped selling tickets at one point a week before. Then we did Sunny. We did a thousand in a snowstorm. 
the reason why wrestling is now great at 200 isn't because the business has changed. It's because wrestlers think, hey, I don't care what promote. I'll work for all the promoters as opposed to picking the promoter that's doing the best and investing with them. And they've watered themselves down as a result. It's an unpopular, it's an unpopular topic. And you know, they're name the guy. They're all going to, they don't listen because they don't want to hear stuff like this. Well, if you want to come at Mike Davidson, I told you how. We can have a debate. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to break. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code BEESCHEESE. Again, the code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. All right, Mike, before we put a pin in what we were talking about right before the break, I got to I gotta say something. Here. Oh, no. Um, you talk about the 1,000 people number. The threshold, the, the th- magic number. The magic number, and you talk a great game about it, how you drew all these people, but you haven't promoted since 2013. Let's be real. 2010. 2010. So there you go. That's a long time ago. And the last time it, I drew 1,000 people was the beginning of 2000 and... What makes you think you can do it again? What makes you think you're not a, an analog watch in a digital age? <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> I'm putting him on the spot completely here, by the way. I, uh, it, I don't know if I could do it again. Honestly... I see what top talent is doing and I see what uh, Winnipeg pro is doing. They stand out as the guys that are trying to do something different and excel and trying to have, see in, in, I'll give you an example. Top talent hasn't booked. Like if you look at the guys they're booking, they're not booking guys that are showing up on every show in Alberta, right? They're kind of developing their own roster, developing their own identity. Although they use a lot of the same guys that work for real Canadian wrestling, perhaps. Um, but they're presenting it better and, and marketing it better. Winnipeg Pro is trying to use as much roster as they can that's their own people, right? Could I do it again? It's not a fair question. See, what I just did where I attacked wrestlers for not having any loyalty to any promoter is very unfair because I'm not going to step in and show them that I could do a 1,000 again. Right? It's just not going to happen. And here's another fact that's unfair for me to boast about doing it. Every time I drew a thousand people, the budget was 25000 to forty or $50,000 right. for a show. No promoter has the gojones or the ability to generate the investor to do that. Right? Yes. So they don't have the same resources to even try. So that's why they're shy about doing it. So the promoters who got mad when they heard me say that they can't do it and I could, well, it was different. I, I won the, the confidence of somebody with the money who said, I will bet on you, right? And that's not to put myself over. 
No, a, a lot of those happened. shows. You're not putting yourself over it happened. A lot of those shows lost money. The one that didn't lose money out of all of them that I know of for sure. Okay, so commencement of cool probably did not lose money. If you ask Shellcross, him and I agree. We don't think we lost money that night. The cost against what we had in the stands monetized properly. That show made money. The AWE larger than life. The day of the show, it lost about $3,000, but later on we sold DVDs and we sold pay-per-view. And when that revenue came in, it was a, it was definitely in the black. Yeah. Okay. And that budget was somewhere around $30,000. Okay. So there you go. So listen, local talent that's upset with me because I've just called them out because they, the problem I'm saying with local talent is because they aren't, they don't care about the promoter. Hey, I want this to show up and wrestle for you. And if you make money, great. I'm going to give you a good match. That's our business relationship. You're buying a good match from me, right? Yes. Now imagine in the world of pro sports, if the quarterback said, you're going to pay me all this money and I'm going to play good when I'm on the field for you. I'm not going to do any community relation work. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to be a good uh, spokesman for your brand. My job I'm going to go behind, I'm going to throw the ball and, and your receivers are going to catch it. And I'm only thinking about me. And if I could, I'd play for three other teams this in this league at the same time. Never would that work. No. Never. Independent wrestling, part of the reason why it doesn't grow bigger is because the talent doesn't want to be a part of a franchise or a team. They all think about themselves. Are they afraid of success? That's something I've often thought about. I'll tell you in 2010, the local roster in WX did not want WFX to succeed. That That's what I'm, they talk, didn't believe. That's what I'm talking about. They thought it was a pipe dream. And even when, if CRE didn't shut down WFX and Jeff Dick, the money he had in the bank, if it had stayed accessible, WFX would have been around till at least 2015 and probably to this day, because I would have figured out a way to monetize it and profit and make it profitable. Because I'll tell you in that business plan, in that business plan, I did not think we were going to have us syndicated television three months in. I didn't think television was, I thought we were going to be new media release. Like we were going right. to, our episodes were going to be on an echannel1.com type of thing. It was going to be a webcast. It wasn't even going to be a streaming service. It was going to be off a website. Right. Never would have grown. But then Chad Sokolovich called and he said, your, t- your television production, I can get it on primetime TV on America One, which is syndicated into major markets. And just like when Scott Mason's on the show, he said he watched it in New York. Yep. I've heard people who say they watched it in Los Angeles. I've heard that too. Friday yeah. night's yep. primetime. It wasn't because the the talent that thinks, Hey, I'm an independent wrestler. I should be able to work every single show. That wasn't the guys that built that. In fact, they were a challenge. And when Liam Phillips comes on in a couple episodes, he's going to tell you that he looked at them as a cast of characters, as opposed to infinitely valuable wrestlers that we needed. When one wrestler stepped out of line, he would just say, okay, we're recasting. We're going to, we're going to alter our plan. And he never thought twice. There was never a talent that he, that held him hostage, right? So I'm sorry to go off on this rant. Let me tell you how the business gets even healthier right now. They're drawing 200 and 300 people. Do you know how they get to 500? When the talent starts saying, Hey, I want to be on shows where 500 people come and people in town think I'm a big deal because we're starting to draw serious crowds. Let me also tell you in 2003 and sorry, in 2002, 2005, 
2010, people would say, hey, I know that guy because he's on that wrestling, the WFX wrestling. Hey, I know that guy because he's on AWE. They, it, it was because they were drawing bigger fans, like yeah. bigger fan base. If you're happy wrestling in front of 200 people, keep wrestling four times a month in Winnipeg for every company that calls. If you want to see shows get to the point where it's 500 people and there's more money, you don't have to wrestle four times to make the same amount of money. Then you have to dance with the one that's playing the best music. That's how you have to do it. Now, that is a argument for exclusivity. So there's talent that's already... No, they're putting up the wall. We will not be exclusive. Okay, that's your own fault. That's your own problem. Promoters, how do you get around talent that doesn't want to be exclusive? I'll tell you that now, right now. So in Danny's case, CWE, you know how they get around it? Danny's not going to wrestle every show in town. He'll show up if a guy calls. He showed up for for Primo's already. He'd show up for Winnipeg Pro if they call him every time. He'll show up for Cloud9. So he's just as bad. He's setting the example. How do you get around a non-exclusive roster? Okay, so here's what Danny does. Danny has the best ability to bring in guest stars, right? Now, I did it differently in 2010. I brought in these guys, and I made them my team. So WFX was like a team. So when fans were watching WFX roster, they were like, what a roster they put together. Just like when they watched the Jets or the Bombers. Right now, if you're a Bomber fan in Winnipeg, you know what you're saying? They're keeping the roster together. Yeah. They have every single, they have a very good chance of winning a great cup, right? Okay. So if I was Danny right now, I would double down on my ability to bring Rhino to town, my ability to bring, I don't know, he's brought Hernandez. I don't know if Hernandez, if Hernandez doesn't hold a candle to Rhino. No. Um, but he should continue to bring that, that, steady stream of guest stars but stop having the guest star the big name rhino do a job to your local fans okay so rhino's coming to town i want to go see rhino they don't want to see him lose to the local and the local can be stronger for putting rhino over yeah it doesn't do anything for the local nothing to go over all it means is the promoter played the promoter chose this and the fans know it but if you put the name over on the local the, the local has a great match. The fans still leave and they say, hey, you know, that guy who wrestled Rhino did a real good job, but Rhino beat him. Give the fans what they want, right? So if you think of independent wrestling like John Wayne. Sorry, I'm ranting today. No, go ahead. Independent wrestling like John Wayne. So would you job out John Wayne because he's not going to be on your local show? Like you're booking, okay, maybe that doesn't, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. If you went to a, Bruce Willis, well, no, if you watch a lot of Netflix movies with Bruce Willis, they're all terrible because he does a job early in the movie. Yeah. Like all of his later stuff. Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. Imagine if he if he was doing jobs, right? He's brought in as a guest star and, and they use him as a jabron. Right. Right? That's not That wouldn't be the best use of Kevin Costner. You bring in a rhino, don't put the local over on him. And to your point as well, you don't see Kevin Costner doing another show where he's playing a jobber. You don't even see him on another show unless he's going to do a movie, right? Yeah. You're not going to see him be on two series at the same time. It's a hell of a workload. But you won't see him do a, something that's diametrically opposed to what he's doing now on Yellowstone. No. You won't, you won't see him being uh, a wimpy accountant. Yeah. What I'm going to say right now is the promoters have done their job. They've created a fan base. Great job. 
I've, I've said it right from the start of the show today. And I'm sorry that this is dominating. There was other stuff we wanted to talk about, but I get ranting. Wrestlers now have to step up and say, okay, promoters, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a choice here. I'm going to bet on one. Because if you're going to be in a market with three promoters, you can't bet on all three. You're being selfish and you're not doing enough for the promoter that's paying you. When that promoter pays you, yeah. when the, once the promoter pay, agrees to a financial term with you, you owe him more than just the performance. I'm sorry. I've always believed that. And I'll believe that till the day I die. I'm not a promoter anymore. And there's guys that wouldn't work for me because I think this way. And I don't care. All this started, by the way, because I just asked you about the thousand people in the stands and, and you, you went with it. I, could, I, I firmly believe I could draw a thousand fans today. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. But again, I would spend more money. Like this thing called advertising. I'm yeah. the only guy that ever believed in it. In 2008, when we did it with Sonny, the last time it was done in Winnipeg, we were on television commercials. I used to be able to pick the spot. So I would say, okay, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. I want to be on NFL on CTV on Sunday afternoon. I want to be on, um, I could pick the primetime shows. Right. And that's how, how precision the advertising was. The radio, we were all over five, four stations. I remember that. We were spending $8,000 on advertising. You know why? Because I thought we were planning to run for four years. And every dollar I spent on advertising to create a customer at this show rolls over. If I do a good enough job with this show, you're going to come back. So if we draw a thousand people this week at this show next month, I only, if I get 60% retention, I'm starting with 600. Then I do the same advertising. If I draw another 800 people, I'm at 14. That's the way you think. Unless you do advertising as a promoter, you're never going to get ahead. Okay. Um, moving on from that onto a bit more of a somber subject. Uh, sad news out of the wrestling world. The loss of uh, Jay, Jay Briscoe. Jammin Pugh is his real name. Uh, car accident in Delaware. And his, his girls were in the car too. They got banged up pretty good. Uh, his daughters, that is. And, uh, but he, he succumbed to his injuries. A very, very sad story. Still in the prime of his career. 38 years old. Yeah. And he was going to go into his money-making years right now. 100%. See, the, here's what I think. This is tragic on a lot of levels. They, as a tag team, were one of the best in the industry. Mm -hmm. But they stayed loyal to Ring of Honor the whole time. When they shouldn't have. Well, yes, they should. They were loyal to themselves. They could have. Yeah, I just could. talked about exclusivity and loyalty and building with the. That's what but these guys did. They they did, but they could they could have gone to WWE and made the money. Is what Except I'm here's what happens: they get to this point today. This doesn't happen. This tragedy. Guess what happens? They now yeah. were stuck on that Ring of Honor brand because they couldn't get on the AEW brand because of stupid comments, and we're not going to go there. But it, they were if they were free agents without contract. Impact would have been bidding on them on a per show basis. Everybody. All Elite couldn't New, get them on TV. New Japan would probably. WWE would have probably looked at them. This is where they were going to make their big money yeah. in the next two to three years. It's awful what happens. And it's, you know, like I didn't know the Briscoes. I knew their work. They were one of the top five, five tag teams in the business. Yeah. Um, just like FTR. Just like, um, I guess, Matt, the Bucks. It's it's sad. And you don't want to know, 
Now, let's put yeah. the lid on the tragedy because yeah. there's nothing more I can say. No, there's not much to say about it. It's now, let's sad. talk about the news behind the tragedy. Nick, uh, Tony Khan wanted, Nick Khan, uh. same guy, no, different. Tony Khan wanted to do a tribute on all elite television on TBS, Dynamite. And TBS said, no way, because of the controversy. Right. They won't even let him be honored in death. And that's really too bad because he was mentioned on WWE television. Yeah. They went ahead and did it. And good on them yeah. for doing it. And I sincerely hope that Tony Khan, I know he's at the behest of the network, but I sure hope he just doesn't end her own and does it anyway. Because he, he should. Well, the problem for this is if the network is putting their foot down right now, they're about to go into negotiating the extension. That's, that is the problem. He doesn't get, he doesn't have full creative no. freedom if the network's saying, no, nope, that's not going on to air. And that's a problem. That's a problem. Sorry, I still have my cough. I'm very and sorry about th that. You know, just to stay on that sort of subject a little bit, it's not the first time we've heard of TBS already putting their foot down. It's sounding very much to me like WCW was, where the, the network started to take umbrage with everything and started to say, you can't do this, you can't do that. And that's what seems to be happening here. Those comments were inflammatory and the network worried about pushback from advertisers in the cancel culture. 100%. That's all it is. Uh, 100%. The, the, the comments were indefensible, by yes. the way. Let's move on to the next but, thing because we'll I don't want to talk about No, the I don't want to talk Because we're talking about a tragedy. Nick Khan... Nick, WWE. The other con. Nick Khan says Vince McMahon, he doesn't think anything more is going to come out on Vince McMahon. He thinks for the most part, Vince is an honest, good guy. What yeah, did he say exactly? I, I've got the full quote here. So he, he, he was asked during an interview if he expects to see more allegations against Vince McMahon. He said, I'm not, it feels like whatever happened, happened, and it's out there and people know. I've always found him to be an honest broker with this stuff. That's a dishonest comment. You know yeah. why? If he thought that there's going to be more, he's not going to say it. Oh yeah, yeah, I think Vince is going to have more. I know Vince and he liked to touch people and and he, he was inappropriate. Yeah. And, and I how believe could, how could he more is coming out. Like get, think of that comment. Yeah. Now, the thing with Nick Khan and WWE is Nick Khan nobody in WWE feels safe right now. No. Nobody. Nobody is sitting there going, "Hey, you know, Vince Triple H has had two different meetings with the talent saying, I am still head of creative and will be head of creative. That doesn't sound confident. No, that's an I effort don't to reassure. It. Yeah. Um, there, that's a slippery slope in WWE land. And Nick Khan's commentary, if he had answered that question any other way, he'd be fired. If he'd said, well, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what Vince did. I could see it. I could see anything happening. Fired. Yeah. <laughs> You're fired and it's public and you look like a moron. That answer was called public relations at its finest. And um, yeah, I, I I don't think much of it. I think it's funny. I'm jumping around. I yeah, got something okay. else I want to say to you. You know, I was right about CM Punk and the elite. Uh, is this your weekly reminder that you think you're right? Uh, you know what the angle is going to be, right? What's that? It's going to be FTR and CM Punk against Omega and the, and the Bucks. And I, I think that if it happens, that is exactly what it will be. And it was a work all along. I don't because know about that, but let's keep going here. It was a work from the beginning. I and that's why Dax Harwood so. starts saying, hey, you know, CM Punk was always good to me. So it, it, okay, let's just go with your line of thought that it's, it's a, a work. It was a work let, the whole time. Let's just go with that. Is Dax Harwood, he just started this podcast. He just started. Is it Harwood or Hardwood? It's Harwood. Harwood. No D. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was saying it right. You're saying it wrong. Good. Well, he when he started, it was hardwood, and they changed it to Harlwood. There was a porno star with the last name. Yeah, hardwood. It was, it was um, I believe. Lance Hardwood, sex architect. No, oh, I, I was Lock- thinking of Kurt Lockwood. I no. don't know if that's true. Edit, let's get Edit off that. Edit that part out. Um, I forgot where we're going. Okay, with this. Anyway. okay. No, if you're right, then his setup of this podcast and his start of this sort of angle is auspicious. It means to me that Punk is not far from being able to return from his Punk's injury. Punk's coming back. From his injury. Oh, no, you can kind of tell. So this past week on on uh, All Elite, Omega didn't work, right? So the reason being, here's where they're going. He's the trio's champion. He doesn't need to work. Well, he doesn't. Let's bury him in a six-man tag, unless you're going to have a, a group that's going to work against you. Yes. The only reason to get them on the trio's belts on them. I didn't understand it until I realized it's all part of the grander scheme. I'm telling you at the beginning of this, there was a reason why CM Punk didn't get fired. If this was all a shoot, Punk would have been fired months ago. Yeah, like I'm going along with your thought process here. So with this trios thing, are they trying to build the trios division or are they trying to build a money match or are they trying to do both? They're going to lead. I I believe they're going to try to lead to Punk comes back, stands up to the three of them, all kinds of controversy because fans are going to believe, oh, this was real. It was never real. Yeah. And then you're going to, the problem is, I don't think that Kenny Omega is the guy I want in a work shoot angle. Do they know what they're doing though? Is that what I'm asking? To to date, they fooled everybody. Yeah. Like, can they build the trio's belts this way? Can they build an actual money match that they don't just blow off? Because they give away so many money matches. They just give them away. Like They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. See, the one thing that they, the big mistake that they've made is Kenny Omega is lost. Like I call him the Mike Von Erich of, of all elite. He, there's nothing. He's the he's one of the best wrestlers on your roster. He's also one of the most marketable. Not with Don Callis, not buried in the trios. He would be your most marketable guy if he was your top babyface chasing, chasing MJF or stuck in a who's the best wrestler in the world angle with Brian Danielson yes. or Adam Cole. But you have him floundering without an identity. The only way he gets an identity now is if CM Punk comes back. That's the only way you can resurrect Kenny Omega in current form. Or he fires Don Callis and starts, but even then you've burned all that, all that time. The guy just went and had one of the most epic matches with Will Ospreay in Japan. You need him having those epic matches for you. Those top drawing number one um, main event matches, singles. You've... You're you're the worst booker in the world to book yourself into this scenario unless it's part of a bigger angle with Punk and it's been there the whole time and this has all been a six-month plan. Let's lull them into it and then let's bring it together in the spring when it matters. I said that the Elite were going to come back on TV in November. I said Punk will come back when he's healthy. So far, what I said at the beginning of this has all played out to fruition. For for the most part, yes, so far you've been able to spin it. Everyone's going to say, oh, it was a shoot that they turned into work. It was a work that never had a shoot. See, I, I think it was a shoot that turned into, it's turning into work. You love Dave Meltzer. No, you're, you, you're, you've got me confused with uh, G's Wheeze. Mecca Shane. Mecca Shane. He loves, he loves Dave Meltzer too. I'm just telling you. Last thing I'm going to say before we go to the mailbox. Bag. There was never, mailbag, there was never a shoot. Okay. The only thing that ever made me think there was a shoot was there was that picture of Omega that had the bruise on his arm that looked like a bite. Yeah. And if that wasn't superimposed in, 
that's the only thing that would make me wonder if this was. Or a he shoot. could bite himself. It's on the arm. He's not gonna. Bu- I don't know. You got to sell on an angle, kid. Come on. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mike. I think it's time for us to go to the Mary Brown's mailbag. Mary Brown's chicken crave delicious. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's chicken. And who only uses Manitoba grown potatoes hand cut in store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's chicken. Crave delicious. We're pulling the drawstring. We're opening the bag, the mailbag, chock full of questions. Here's two that I liked this week on the Mary Brown's mailbag. This one coming in. From Crystal with a K, sent to us on Instagram at Total Bees She's. Okay, she says Ric Flair doesn't like women bleeding in wrestling. He said so recently on a podcast. Does Mike Davidson agree with him? Does he think there's no place for it? Okay, uh, I'm all for equal. I am women and men, same role. Like it's, I don't like gender inequality. Um. I'm I'm guessing this is as a response to a recent Ruby Riot match where she was yeah you really had the crimson mask. So here's what I think: women in wrestling are still sold on beauty. It's a beautiful thing. The women that do it, they're talented, they're athletic, and they're appealing for the male audience to look at. Seeing them bleed takes away from that. And scarring them, if that happened, like, I don't want to see a woman with Dusty Rhodes' forehead. Ever. Right? Um, Remember that bleeding is usually, 99% of the time in wrestling, a creative device to add drama to to the conflict. So you don't need it. But I think part of the reason why it was chosen to happen was because women want to be seen in the exact same light as the men as the performers. Uh, I'm torn on it. I, I wouldn't, as a booker, I would never. Okay. But so then I would also not book a lot of blood on my, on my show. To begin with. You, yeah. you were never really, a, you know, a blood and guts. I was in the bar. I allowed it to happen in the bar, but I well, also bar saw, let me, yeah. let me talk about color on the show. In 2001, when I was the booker, the main angle was MVP versus TJ Brett. There was no blood between them. It was the hottest feud ever locally no blood between them. Rob Stardom at the same time is doing hardcore every single night and bleeding. Yep. And the people, the shock factor was there. That's what the blood on the female was too, was shock factor. The shock factor was there for Rob Stardom when he was first doing hardcore and it the died. Sh- the shine went off the apple. Very fast. One thing I remember the venue owner saying to me, do not do blood when I'm serving food in the same room. Good point. Yes. Yeah. They were serving bar food in the same room that the wrestlers were bleeding. Two things he did not want to see. Adam Knight spitting, and I single him out because he was the worst culprit, and wrestlers bleeding. And the third thing is he didn't want needless use of uh, profanity on the mic. Okay, my, my, my position on it is the same for men as it is for women, that there's too much of it right now yeah. in All Elite, number one. Number two, it is a device, like you said, it's to be used to for, move an angle forward 
or to blow off an angle. It's not to be used because it's Monday night. Here's where blood works. So blood works, male or female, as a way to get sympathy on the baby face. Here's where blood works. 1986, the Sheep Herders and the Fantastics did the barbed wire match. Blood works. Um, Hulk Hogan in the Big Blue Cage, yes. WrestleMania 2. Blood works. Yep. Because it, the war games, same time period, it works. Ric Flair getting bloodied because it added to the story of a 60-minute title match. It made him look more vulnerable, I guess. In but, his heyday, blood worked for him, but he, it was, he was also too often with it, I, in my opinion. Yeah. He, he bled all the time. Yeah. Um, it made it less special. When you see it at a local show, uh, and bear in mind, after a certain period in the 80s, fans thought it was fake anyway. They thought it was fake blood. Yeah. So it was a useless device. I've still, I've still gotten that question. Yeah. What do you do, where do you keep the fl- fake blood capsules? Yes. Do you have a bottle of ketchup under the ring? Like, so. Get serious. Uh, in this day and age, you don't need it to, like, but at the same time, in this day and age, Yellowstone is selling violence as part of their program, right? And it works. So I, I, I don't have, I'm, I don't. I'm right in the middle on it. I don't think women should be bleeding, but I also don't think men should be bleeding as much as they do. Next question. All right. Question number two from Johnny sent in to totalbeeshees at gmail.com. Tell them all the ways they can ask. I just said one yeah. on Instagram. I said that previously and on Facebook as well. Do you have another one? Uh, you, you glanced over it. It's at totalbeeshees on Instagram. Yeah. At totalbeeshees on Twitter with the hashtag Mary Brown's mailbag and at... Total B She's on Facebook Th- or email us. Thank you for picking at up the slack. She's at gmail.com. I appreciate you picking up the And slack. you can text Chris directly at this phone number. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Okay, here we go. Um, Mike, could a weekly wrestling venue work in this day and age? I'm assuming they're meeting independently because obviously weekly wrestling happens all the time. So independently, I don't. At one venue, no. I don't believe so. But here's the thing you go for it. When it worked in Winnipeg, it was 2001, 2002, and it was specific to one venue. It was the Palladium Nightclub, and then it became the Lid Nightclub. And in in the middle, it was Stratosphere. Stratosphere, yeah. And it was a lot of university students, and and it was up and it was down, but it was consistently 150 to 200 fans. But they paid $5. So you were dealing with a gate of anywhere from $600 to $1,000 to work with financially and sometimes it got down it got lean some nights cold nights in january you might only have a 300 gate 400 gate it's tough like and nowadays because the cost of inflation you'd want ten dollars a ticket at least yeah. yeah i don't think it would work and the other part is it's a lot of work to constantly be promoting you got to get a you you would need to have a, a fan base of about 400 people that rotate in 120 minimum you'd want 150 minimum uh, I, I'd love to ask Andrew how he did it all his years. For, hold for, it. For better or hold worse. Hold it, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> to 2003, I was there. That's true. I leave. They did it, but not with nearly the same amount of people. So don't oh, <laughs> like you. I don't now. know if you did that intentionally, but that was a prickish statement. Trust me, weekly wrestling. I'll tell you a quick story on that. Very hot, very briefly, when we started in 2001, from May until July or August, I get fired in July as Booker. Houses go down, and to the point where it was depressing at the end, Bobby, uh, the the lid, or the plating closes down for renovations. Bobby thinks he's going to be the first guy back at the end. Andrew and I scoop the contract because Andrew and Tom are friends. We rebuilt it. Bobby wouldn't have rebuilt it. 
I would, it was honestly, when I talked last week about booking being a science, there was no better science then. Figure out who's going to be your main event and keep, be loyal to your main event and the rest will fall into place. But so many people are like, you gotta, everyone's got to have a role. No, your main event is the last thing people see. You need to have them be memorable. So they want to come back and see the next part of that storyline at the end. It's like when you watch Yellowstone, Beth Dutton is usually in the main event angle at the end of the show. She is the main event player on that show. Now people are like, I don't watch Yellowstone. This means nothing to me. They don't leave with the bunkhouse guys drinking a beer and laughing around a bonfire. No, there's nothing there. Right. Right. So every character is important on the show. But if you watch every episode of Yellowstone, for some reason, Beth or Rip are tied in on the last segment almost every week. And there's a reason for that. They are the main event players on that show. Kevin Costner's character, John Dutton, he is the most valuable actor on the show, but he isn't the main event angle. The main event angle is whatever's going on with Beth and Rip. There you have it. Another week of the Total Bees She Show. I'm glad I got Mike Davidson fired up once again. He's taken his glasses off. I'm worried he's going to fight. Oh, Andrew was the only guy that could run weekly wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. That does it for another week, Mike Davidson. Do you have any closing remarks because you're, you're getting a little red? Okay. Wrestlers, don't be mad. Exclusivity is better for business. We love you. Let's come on the show and debate it. Tell me what you freelancing can do to build business. And I'll tell you what you being exclusive to a, to a, from a marketing standpoint can do. And we'll get a lot further ahead. When it comes to business, Mike Davidson's all about exclusive relationships. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post. And the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R A S S L I N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friend, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling.
last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover, and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?